Welcome to The Value Script, the podcast where we bring value every episode for the everyday person. Today, we're going to continue with Sam Scheid. Yeah, we put in our dudes and then um, left. Came home. Yeah, and they were, it was all so that they could secure, it was for elections, you know, so they could provide security for an honest election, which is kind of oxymoronic, right? We're yeah. doing what we can to provide security for an election in a foreign country, but then we have our issues with elections here <laughs> in America. <laughs> just, uh, that is incredible, dude, that you... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right, <laughs> your re-election happened. Well, they, got to, they got to have a re-election, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that Hamed Karzai? No, it was the one after him. Uh, whoever, I, don't I don't even remember his name. He disappeared. When show we, my ignorance. Yeah, when we pulled out of Afghanistan, that guy just disappeared he, with his. He got disappeared. Yeah. Well, no, he's oh. surviving somewhere with oh. his bajillions of dollars that the U.S. funded him. You know, <laughs> I don't remember his name. <laughs> oh man. So, um, you know, several stories, you know, along those lines that. It's, it's, it's the mission that we were sent there to do, you know, and it's like at the time I was proud to have done it. You know, I, I was happy to do it. Um, never fully told my wife about that story till I was home. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, you did what? Like this happened, you know? Cause it's like, how do you tell your wife that? You know, yeah. like, like I remember I, I got home that night or home back to my little room that night and like the adrenaline's so high, like trying to like replay the whole thing in your mind. Like you're, you're doing your sworn statement for the intelligence guys and for the, you know, for them to document it all and everything. And like, you can't even write, like you're trying to your write, this you just, you're just like going a million miles an hour, you know, like your hands are just like this jittery, get back. You all try and go eat, you know, it's, now it's breakfast time. We all go to the chow hall and we're just kind of like, whatever, like I don't want anything. Like yeah. just, what I want to do is I just want to go call my wife, but I don't want to talk to her about this. I just want to hear her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause if yeah. I can hear her, then everything's right in the world. And that's, again, that's what's more important to me right. um, is, is my family and just knowing that they're okay. And, and not to give her anxiety about things neither exactly. of you can control. Yeah, and I don't want to tell her this just happened because now it just becomes like, well, now I'm more worried about you. And I had just been telling her, no, I'm, most of my flights are just daytime, you know, ring routes, you know, supporting whatever's not. Delivering goats. Yeah, delivering goats, right? <laughs> But the majority of that deployment were, you know, direct action missions, you know, at nighttime, wow. uh, sometimes several a week. And honestly, I loved it. The adrenaline rush you get doing those flights is uh, like next level. I bet. It's so much fun. How incredible, though. I mean, that's that's really a neat story when you realize that you were aided by God. Yeah. And like there's no doubt in my mind. How, how grounding and necessary was that faith? In those times and through those deployments, one hundred percent necessary. It's it's what it's what floated me through those times, you know, because it's like some of the darkest times, the most the most evil you could ever imagine, you know, right outside the perimeter of where we were. It's just some of the atrocities that go on in war. I, I, like, seems just nowadays, war is the answer to so many things, and it's the answer to none. Nothing is solved by war. Just a bunch of young people go die. Amen while a bunch of old people make these decisions. Yeah. And that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to get, bring politics into this or anything, but it's, it's hard to see, you know, like the military industrial complex just gets, you know, it gets shut down when Afghanistan shuts down. And then, oh, wait, let's refire it back up. You know, we're back on two new fronts. Yeah. And it's, it's, to me, it's hard because I, I still have friends in the military and I, I'd hate to see them go, you know, survive 20 years of sustained combat in Iraq and Afghanistan only to go over and, and fight another war in another country and have something catastrophic happen. I mean, I, there was just this past weekend, a, a helicopter doing some training in the Mediterranean crashed and five people died. I saw that. Um, it, I mean, it's, it's the cost of doing business in, in the military and, I, and we all understand that. But 
a lot of times it's, it's needless and it shouldn't happen. I do think you have a decent point, though, that if the people making the decisions to go engage in these conflicts actually also shoulder the responsibility of going there and doing the lifting themselves, probably have a lot less content, conflicts involvement. 100%. Which you know, not to not to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. But one I do want to go down. Let's do it. Is um, your so how did so going from you know your combat experience and you went to your private sector life <clears throat> and your commercial pilot? Did you get back into the reserves at some point? Yeah. Because I was, I was dumb enough to go back in. I guess. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no. What happened was COVID happened. Okay. So I was an airline pilot during COVID. COVID happens and um, the airlines were decimated right like air travel all but ceased um i flew a flight from dallas texas to houston texas with one passenger on the airplane oh wow i mean i, I wasn't Only flying one person one person wow i mean i wasn't flying the 730s so i was flying an embraer 175 Were they wearing a mask the whole time uh she probably was i don't know <laughs> <laughs> if they were flying they were probably one of the maskers um but it was a 76 seat airplane and there's one passenger on board um, but they considered it essential air service. So I was considered an essential employee. Um, I had to carry the stupid little letter from SkyWest that said I was essential. Um, in fact, the only place I ever got stopped was twice. Um, and they both happened in San Jose, California. Go figure. Um, I, was, I was out running one day and I get stopped. You got, wait, you got pulled over running? <laughs> yeah, I got pulled over. <laughs> like, this, this cop pulls up, like, pulls me over running. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? Uh, I show him the letter on my phone. He wanted an actual, a physical letter. I was like, I don't have a physical letter. Uh, he ended up letting me just whatever, like make sure you have the letter on you. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like I'm literally looking at this row of homeless people. Like, did you ask them for their letters? Cause they don't look like they're essential. Like I'd rather be home with my family right now too. Cause we don't know what's happening with this dumb pandemic thing. But here I am instead in a hotel room in San Jose. Um, then a few weeks later, same thing happened, but I pulled out the letter and the guy was just like, Hey, I'm just making sure you have it as all. You're trying to do activities that encourage health and yeah. promote health. Yeah, right. And <laughs> let's, getting, let's getting in trouble that. for it. No, yeah. heaven, heaven forbid you, you be healthy in this world. Right. Um, so COVID happens and everybody in, in the airline industry pretty much didn't have a job anymore. Um, they didn't furlough us. Thank goodness, but they reduced our minimums. So an airline pilot only gets paid when the doors close on the airplane. Oh, really? So when the door closes, they start getting paid. When the door opens, when they arrive at their destination, they stop getting paid. Um, and that's how the airline, an airline pilot works. He's paid literally by the minute. Huh. Um, but if you don't fly at least 76 hours every month, then you get paid. If you fly 40 hours a month, then you get paid for 76. That's how the, that, that was the SkyWest minimum. Hmm. Um, but they reduced that minimum, and I don't remember what they reduced it to. Not enough to even pay our mortgage with. Um, and nobody was even flying. Oh, wow. So you would, you're basically all on call because they got rid of all schedules and it was just like, hey, I don't know how the pecking order even worked. You would just get a random call sometimes and say, hey, we've got a flight for you. You're going to be at the airport. Everybody was on a two-hour call out. So I'd show up to the airport and that's when I did those San Jose legs. Um, but <clears throat> kind of, yeah. Jeez. Like the most bizarre thing ever. Um, looking at our finances and watching our savings account get smaller and smaller and smaller because we're supplementing our you know mortgage life goes on even though the job didn't go on right so we decided that well how are we going to pay the mortgage how are we going to feed our family we have six kids now um i'd gotten out of the army we had our fourth kid before i got out right as soon as i got out my wife we found out we were pregnant with twins, twins. Yeah. <laughs> so now we have six kids they're like the oldest is when when the twins are born the oldest was not even seven years old and 
Um, so we're struggling, you know, financially, like I'm stressed out every day. And so, um, I ended up joining the national guard in Utah. Okay. Um, Utah doesn't have a pat doesn't have Chinooks. They have Blackhawks and Apaches. Um, I had worked with the Apache unit prior in 2012. Our uh, Apache support that we had in Afghanistan was from the Utah national guard, a bunch of great dudes in that unit. I uh, had a lot of friends that I made during the 2012 deployment and, um, continued staying in contact with them. I knew they were getting ready to go on a deployment to Afghanistan and not that I wanted to go on a deployment, but I needed something to supplement our income. And so I joined the national guard, um, didn't make it on the deployment because there was not a transition slot available to go learn to fly Apaches, um, that, that coincided or lined up with their deployment schedule. So they deployed and, um, I ended up going down to Alabama again to learn how to fly the Apache while they were deployed. And this, you know, COVID's obviously happening, it ended up being kind of a, a worthless deployment. They didn't do a whole lot because of COVID and everything was kind of drawing down anyways. They get back from deployment and I'm back from the transition course, which was like four months long. And, you know, just living in Utah, kind of riding orders on the, with the National Guard, doing what I could with them. And um, then this mandate comes out for <laughs> the COVID vaccine. So so the did, did the pandemic actually impact the action load that what they had over there? overseas yeah they so were. i mean due to what due to like was were people sick were they scared did they stay inside like what they were, i don't know they they had to wear masks they had to get covid tested like every day they it was like this funny thing where there was not like a chow hall like a representative would go pick up food for everybody everybody had to social distance you know like if i so, never hear those dumb terms again i'll be happy but <laughs> so the other side though i mean did they slow down too were they slowed oh, down by the pandemic too oh man just one side okay well I... <laughs> doesn't make any sense right like okay. they they said it was like everybody that was on that deployment they started trickling home just because there was nothing to do as an apache pilot in afghanistan your job is to shoot the guns on the helicopter right but when there's not anything going on there's not much of a mission for you Simultaneously, there's this drawdown of troops going on in Afghanistan where everybody's slowly coming home anyways. Right. And so they all started coming home like earlier than their nine month rotational schedule had said they were gonna come home from. They all trickled in and now that deployment's over. It was like, well, that was kind of a waste of our time, waste of huh. everybody's time, a waste of a whole bunch of money right. um, in sending us all the way over there to do literally nothing. Um, quite certain that there was not even one engagement on that deployment for wow. those Apache that guys. Just, wow, that just baffles my mind. You know, previous deployment, there's like not a, an, an Apache flight doesn't go out typically where they don't shoot their guns, right? Like right. they're they're out there looking for someone putting a bomb down or they're looking for um, troops in contact for somebody to call them and say, hey, we're troops in contact, this is our location. The Apaches show up and, you know, make the playing field uneven at this point. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a very good way to put that. <laughs> very, very good way to put that. So, wow, that's incredible. All right, so back to your, your um, faced with a career-altering decision. Yeah, so it's um, drill for that month in September of 2021. It happened to be Saturday was September 11th, um, which is my wedding anniversary. Um, whoever does that, just my wife and I, right? <laughs> so that was our anniversary. I was a little league football coach for my son, my nine-year-old son's um, little league football team. And I had my commander before drill that weekend was like, hey dude, just so you know, um, I think they're gonna try and make everybody get the COVID shot this weekend. And I was like, well, that's dumb. Like, why would they do that? And he's like, I don't know, we'll, we'll talk about it when you get here. And I, I texted him back and I said, my, my son has a football game 
it's literally just down the street from where we have drill in West Jordan. Can I coach his game in the morning and then come after lunch? And he said, yeah, that's fine. You're not going to miss anything because they're just doing COVID health briefings this weekend. And I was like, oh, what a waste of time. <laughs> um, so I go coach the game. We got smoked. Uh, show up after lunch and <laughs> show up after lunch. And it's like, it's a completely different environment than it's ever been out there, right? Like masking up is like taking super serious. Like every single person is wearing a mask and nobody's like, normally it's like, just picture you and a bunch of your close friends where you're all immature and you goof off and you like, you know, do as much as you can to like bother each other. Like that's what we are. And, and as pilots, we just, we're immature good bunch of goofballs good. and get out there and everyone's wearing a mask everyone's like no one's near each other and i'm like this is just really stupid like what is going on and i asked what i missed in the morning They're like you didn't miss anything we were all in the auditorium and there were a couple doctors in there army doctors and they're telling us that you know this is what we're doing today everybody's getting the covid shot blah 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 just all this stuff going on and so i was asking the, my friends i was like so like like what would they say and they said nothing dude every time anybody asked a question the doc would just say, you know what? I don't know. That's not my lane. All I know is that this, this, this vaccine is safe. Just, just do it. It's like, but all of us are like talking like, none, we're not doing it. Like none of us are getting this stupid shot. None of us are going to do it. Like we're in our mid thirties, you know, late thirties, whatever. We're healthy. Um, I don't feel like COVID is a threat to me. Um, looking at numbers, you know, you can go on the internet at this time and, and you could look at, Oh, X amount of tests were administered and X amount of tests were positive. You're like, well, that, that's like not very many at all. Right. And then you look at the numbers like, oh, like three COVID deaths today. And then they give the age range of those that died. It's like age between ages 35 and 85. Like, no, that's not an age range like <laughs> that you classify somebody as like, I have nothing in common with an 85 year old health like, wise. It's like a cable, cable um, install uh, time window. Yeah. Be yeah. There sometime between 6 a.m. and midnight. Yeah. Make yeah. sure. <laughs> exactly. You're going to die somewhere between 35 and 90. <laughs> yeah. So like I, common sense prevails here, right? Like, you're like, I don't Again, going back, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I can look at these numbers and, and decide for myself that I'm, I don't feel like I'm any, in any kind of threatened category where I need to be worried about this thing. Um, and I've been looking at these numbers all along since the onset of COVID. Yeah, like two weeks to slow the spread or whatever it is, stay home, like we do our best to do that. Right. But then beyond that, when it's like, no, like it continues on and You're kind of perpetuates. Months past that. Yeah, now we're way beyond that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, to me, I'm thinking it's just kind of a hoax. And um, I don't want to go get this COVID shot because I don't know enough about it. There's not enough studies about it. There's already these rumors of like blood clots and heart issues in young people who have gotten this COVID vaccine. So I don't want to do it. Um, and so we come back from lunch and they tell us like they shut the room and, and you're divided up into your company. I was in Bravo company and we go into our Bravo company office. You have all the pilots on one side of the room. You have all the enlisted guys on the other side of the room. The enlisted guys are the ones who work on the helicopters, you know, the maintainers, the armorers or whatever they are. Um, they're over on one side, we're on this side. And I'm just kind of like, this is stupid. Like I kept saying it over and over, like what is going on? Like this is like, does anybody else not see the problem with this? Right. And all of like my pilot friends, like the majority of them are like, no, like this is like, we're not doing this. We're not doing this no matter what. And I remember I like, I'm just this loud voice. Cause like I see all these enlisted guys over on the other side of the room that they're literally like feeling like threatened by this like our commander's up there reading this memo from Lloyd Austin, the secretary of defense about how the COVID vaccine, blah, 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 whatever it says, I don't even know, but it, it's almost like don't have any thought for yourself, do as you're told and don't ask a question. Right. And that's, that's how they wanted it. Wow. So they said, is anybody here 
already vaccinated, like the three people you would expect to have been vaccinated, like raise their hand <laughs> and you know, they're, they're excused for the weekend. You know, like, yeah, you're dismissed from drill for the rest of the weekend. Did they verify thing. the vaccination status? Yeah. They're like, yeah, here's or my, you, oh, yeah, yeah, here's my card. You, you know, can like, just raise your hand and been like, yeah. Um, so th those, those people got excused. They left for the day. And then they say, does anybody not want to receive the COVID vaccine? And I'm pretty sure every hand went up that stayed there. Um, and then they, they proceed to read this memo from the sec def. And then they read this other memo from the state aviation officer from the state of Utah that says, if you don't get the COVID vaccine today, the, let's see, there was a single dose shot. And then there was a, there were a couple different two dose shots. If you got the single dose shot that day, then you were good to go. If you got the first dose of the two dose vaccine, you were good to go. If you refuse to do either of those that day, you got what's called a GOMAR, which is a general officer memorandum of record that goes in your permanent file. Good luck in your future military career. It's a showstopper. Um, it'll wow. bar you from um, further um, promotion um, from future opportunities that exist. Like you're, you're basically done. As soon as your commitment is up, you're, you're out of the military right. type thing. You're blacklisted. Mm -hmm. And then they said, and if, if you go two weeks and you're still not in compliance, we begin the separation process. And then he looks up and he says, and it's not what you want to hear. It's an other than honorable or a dishonorable discharge. Does anybody still not want to get it? And... Like, here I am, like raising my hand, thinking everybody behind me is doing the same thing, and turn around. There's one other guy there. No, you know? I'm like, what in the no, world? We're, we're, and so I'm like, just making this huge stink, and someone's like, get in the hallway, go in the hallway. So I go out in the hallway with him. He outranks me. And he's like, what are you doing? And I said, I don't know, man. Like, 20 minutes ago, you were standing here saying that under no circumstance are you getting this COVID vaccine, and I'm continuing that stance. I'm not getting it. And he said, do you realize that if one of the enlisted guys were acting the way you're acting, they'd get in trouble. They'd have an Article 15, which is like a punishment of the military. And, and I said, dude, that's exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing. I want those enlisted guys to see that there's at least one officer over here that has a backbone to stand up for something that they don't think is right. Yeah. Because you literally, like you were telling me all morning that no matter what, you're, gonna, you're not getting this. 20 minutes ago, you were a band of brothers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now, mm -hmm. to keep keep their job yeah to, we like to keep their opportunities in front of them yeah like because oh you have 16 years in the military and you can't afford to not have a retirement dude all weekend you always tell me about how much money you make in your civilian job why do you care about a federal retirement so you can have health care the rest of your life or a couple thousand dollars a month for the rest of your life i was like is that worth your integrity or is that worth you know like you said you weren't going to do it and now you're going to go do it because they threaten you with this right. i was like i'm threatened with the same thing no i don't have 18 years 16 years in this into the game i've got over 11 now with active duty time and national guard things, but I'm not doing it. We go back in there. Everybody goes down to get their first dose of the shot minus me and this other guy. We get called into the office and we're in the commander's office. So now we're not in the, in the classroom anymore setting. We're in the smaller office and my commander, he's a good dude. He was doing the best he could. I just wish he would have been with me rather than complying because he, as a captain, held way more weight than I did as a, as a, as a CW2, a chief warrant officer too. Right. Um, so he tells us, he's like, I've got a lot of issues with what they're doing with this, but I have to do what I have to do. And I was like, I get it. And I'm going to do what I'm going to do. How, how much could you, like if everybody there would have just said no? I wish. Like, would that have mattered? Or would they have just squashed every one of you? And no, I think it would have absolutely mattered. Really? You know? Um, Instead, it's just like they, they, they force you into this corner, right? Right. So 
yeah, I had rejoined the military and gone to a flight school, but I didn't owe the military a commitment. I didn't. When I joined back in to become an Apache pilot in the National Guard, I didn't incur a commitment with the Army or the National Guard. Um, my commitment was over. And so I, I, I said, well, let's look at a few options. In the military, literally there's an exemption for everything. It's a religious exemption, a medical exemption, a waiver for this, anything. Like the, I think the age for flight school is 32 years old. But I was in flight school with several dudes who were in their late 30s, early 40s, because there's a waiver for everything in the military. Right. So I said, let's explore the options of going down the, the uh, religious exemption path. And, and he's just shaking his head. And he's like, no, we, we can't. They won't even push it up. And I said, why not? And he said, well, you're LDS. And the prophet, President Nelson. Our, our church isn't giving him. Got the vaccine. And yeah. so you have to get it. And I was like, but I was like, the prophet didn't say we have to get the vaccine. The, our church president didn't say we have to get the vaccine. He just went and got it. We did highly encourage everybody to do it. Exactly. And, and, but and there's, there's not like... My understanding was they weren't giving out <laughs> religious exemptions either. They wouldn't even push it forward. Right. They would like the army. So I learned a whole lot after I went through this. The army, if I submit a religious exemption or I, or I request to have a religious exemption submitted, they're required to push it all the way up and let the chaplain or whoever of the army decide whether or not I get that religious exemption. And in the meantime, I get to go into a like holding status rather than in a disciplinary status, but they wouldn't even push it up. And so he said, because your prophet got it, you can't do that. And I was like, well, what about a medical exemption? And he said, you're not on reproductive therapy or reproductive hormone therapy or whatever. So that's not an option either. Again, if you request these exemptions, they're supposed to submit it and push there's, it up and let the surgeon general or whoever deny you. Right. And that didn't happen either. Huh. Um, and so I said, well, you know, then what I think is my trump card, like, well, I don't know the army anything. I just want to resign. Then I'll just get out. Right. And he goes, yeah, that's the other thing. You're, you're barred from resignation. And I was like, what? And he said, yeah, you're barred from resignation. I said, under what grounds? And he said, you're disobeying a direct order from the Secretary of Defense. And I said, so my options are to get the vaccine or um, I get kicked out with an other than honorable slash potentially dishonorable discharge. And he's shaking his head. And I'm like, wow. I don't know what I'm going to do now. Like, pick the lesser of these two evils, right? Right. So I, I'm not going to compromise. I'm not getting this vaccine. I know that. And so I, I end it that way. I, I leave the office thinking I got this Gomar in my file. Can I ask you, why not? Like, why not just, I know, I know why not, but I just want to talk about the, the principle of why not just give in and go with the flow? Why not just take the jab and just, just go with the flow? Over, over time, so I, I, I just I had a lot of questions about it. Um, normally, you know, the vaccine process in America takes several years to, you know, get approved. And it still hadn't been approved. It was just this emergency use authority that they were, they were making us all do it. And, and again, going back to looking at numbers, nothing made sense to me as to why I'm being forced to do this. Um, I don't know why. I just knew that I didn't think the vaccine was right for me. My little brother joined the military after me. Um, he went to basic training. And just like everybody in basic training, I took all my vaccines like I was supposed to. Like you just kind of go through in step, you know, lift your shirt sleeve up and they, they poke you and take another step and they poke you again. Um, pull your pants down and they put a hepatitis B shot in your butt cheek. And when my little brother did that in basic training, um, his body had an adverse reaction to it. Oh, wow. He developed an autoimmune disease from it, which took the army 
two, two and a half, three years, something like that, for them to finally figure out what was wrong with him because he was extremely sick for his first couple of years in the army. And then they ended up medically retiring him um, after they discovered that his body was rejecting his kidneys oh, and wow. attacking his they kidneys because of the hepatitis B shot. They pinpointed it to that. So now I have questions about some of these things that we're just pumping into each into our bodies right. without asking any questions. And now because I'm asking a question, I'm being labeled a conspiracy theorist. You're getting or, or anything, too. Getting for disciplined for question. it. And it, it it was wild. It was it was crazy. So I just want to know more information and that that's kind of the bait. I'm like, hey, like, why? Like the memo from the Secretary of Defense says June thirtieth of twenty twenty two is the suspense date that the military has to be in compliance. We're September 11th, 2021. We still have, what, nine, eight, nine months before we need to be complying with what he's put out. Like, let's look at this. Like, let's think objectively about it. And like anything in the military, it kind of just goes away after a while. That's just, I, if anything, I learned over the time and on active duty, it was like, just wait and things will go away. I mean, I avoided on my deployments getting the typhoid or one of these nasty shots they put in yellow fever or something like that. I avoided it both times. First time because my, my son was less than six months old when I left. And they do those shots like two weeks before you go and it's like oozes this nasty stuff out of your arm. But they said, if you have a, a, a baby at home, you can't get it. And then the second deployment, I had had food poisoning the like, day before I left. So I was like sick as a dog. So both times, like I, I was sick one time and I had a baby at home the second to the first time. So I couldn't get that shot. But I remember like, you'd look at these people's arms, like my buddy's arms and have this big yellow nasty sore on their arm. Like we just ooze this nasty pus out of it. I don't know. We, so we all kind of question, like, are we just like lab rats here like what are we well, i think one of the reasons to underscore the question or the point there is that these very authoritarian control moves that have come out recently you know against you know with the mandates especially the covid mandates the vaccines people losing their jobs thousands tens of thousands of people in healthcare that lost their jobs lost their benefits lost their ability to provide for their families lost their reputations people getting kicked out of colleges people you know um being threatened with you know being kicked out of nursing school or specialty programs and all these things they worked their whole lives for if enough people would have said no it would have mattered but it mattered a whole lot. And that's how that all goes, all that nonsense goes away. And if everybody says yes and just goes along with it, that tells the government, hey, we're a bunch we're of sheep. Control. We're just going to do whatever you tell us to. And honestly, you know? that has that does play into it a lot. That has a lot to do with it. I, I've always been one that I, I kind of kick against the pricks. I ask questions. I kind of <laughs> defiant in, in many ways. Like, tell me to do something. And there's like, no way I'm going to do it give me an option and I'm going to weigh my options and figure out what's best for me based on my current circumstances and looking at everything. I just thought this is, this is political, man. Like there's, there's no reason that everybody in America needs to have this COVID shot. Like there's no reason the military, like the demographics of who we were in the military, like generally healthy people. I was active, you know, a very active individual. I, I love exercising. I love running things like that. Yeah, you got to take it for running in San Jose. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> So I'm just like, as I look at numbers, like 38 years old or whatever I was, like not a lot of 38 year old dudes are dying from COVID that, I, that need to be like, this is stupid. Like, I feel like there's more harm if I get this vaccine, not to mention the force that's being, the pressure that's being applied from the government. Like if you don't do this, then these are the serious consequences. You're gonna get kicked out of school. You're gonna get this. In my case, you're gonna get kicked out of the army. And it was it was scary, man. And dishonorable discharge, you, you mentioned, Previously, what well, are you out of? We're getting close. So what I'm gonna do? Well, I can wrap it up pretty quick. We're almost done. Yeah. This dishonorable discharge you mentioned earlier is like equivalent to a felony. Yeah. 
So, or it is a felony. Yeah, it's, the, so what like they were telling me is like you're gonna you're gonna lose your firearms. You're not gonna vote. You're gonna be this. Like you're gonna be a felon. I remember somebody telling me one, in, in my chain of command somewhere along the way. You know, if if you rape somebody in the military, you know what you get when you get you get a dishonorable discharge. And I, I just laughed and I said, "Yeah, the difference between me and that person though is that I didn't rape anybody. Right? I just didn't get a vaccine. Didn't get a vaccine. Like, do you, like, do you sound? Do you hear how stupid you sound? You know, type thing. Like, this is ridiculous that it's even on the table. Right. Um. So I get sent home from drill that weekend, like terrified. I go home, tell my wife, and and, and she's just is super supportive. Like, I'm super proud of me for standing up for what I believed in. And this goes on. I don't get the, I, I miss all the suspense dates and I'm like, well, they didn't kick me out. And so I start filing paperwork to just resign that kept getting rejected. Um, then October rolls around. They tell me I have to come back to drill. So I go down to drill. They say, you've got to bring a negative COVID test. You've got to wear a mask. We'll have a designated area for you, which was this <laughs> joke, your right? Corner. And it's like, oh, it's, it's late at night. You need to get a COVID test. Like the, first off, it's like, you can't come to drill. And then late at night, they're like, yeah, you have to come to drill. And you have to bring a negative COVID test. That's not an at-home test. You have to go find one somewhere. I'm like, well, there's nowhere going to give me a test right now. you're symptom-free too, right? Yeah, no symptoms at all. There's nowhere open that's going to give me a test. So I just showed up the next morning without any of it. And they're like, where's your negative COVID test? I was like, I don't have one. And they're like, where's your mask? I was like, I'm not wearing one. And they said, how come? I said, well, I don't know. You're already giving me the worst possible outcome of a discharge that I can get. So what are you going to do to me? Right. Like, make it a... Double disown, you know what, what I mean? more like, do I have to lose? Like, I have nothing to lose at this point. Like, all right, well, there's inside the, the foyer area next to the bathroom, there's a taped off area for you. I was like, yeah, not happening either. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not cattle. Like, I will not go sit in that blue taped off area and waste my day. Like, I'm going to just come out. If there's work to be done, I'll do it. Otherwise, like, let's get on. As I say, did at some point somebody ask you, why do you keep showing up? Mm -hmm. uh, I kept showing up because it was my duty. I, uh, I don't want them to give, to have any additional ammunition against me. That's like, oh, he's, he's defiant. He's this, he's that, he's anything other than, no, oh, he's here when he's supposed to be here in the uniform he's supposed to be in trying to do what he's supposed to be doing. Um, I just won't go get the COVID shot. And at the end of it all, I, I here I am thinking I'm going to get kicked out of the army and my life's going to be forever changed. And I'm going to be stuck working construction or, or whatever it is, because here I think I'm going to be a felon for just refusing a vaccine. Um, Finally, the February drill rolls around and I get a call to go meet with a state aviation officer, a full bird colonel. And I'm in his office and he's got for the prior, you know, 10 years, all of my officer evaluation reports, my officer record brief. Those are annual reports you get from your chain of command. And, and all of my OERs were like exceptional. Like I had done very well throughout my military career. Um, the ORB, the officer record brief shows like your deployments, shows your awards, your recognitions, anything you've done good in the military. Um, he's looking at that and he's like, man, like you're just the exemplary soldier. I can't lose somebody like you. Like, why, why are you doing this? And I, I'm like, oh, you why tell me, you, like, why are you guys doing you, this? You tell me, sir. Like, <laughs> I, I'm just here. Like, I just want my out brief. I just want to get out of the army. I don't want to have anything to do with you guys anymore because of what you're trying to force me to do. We talked for an hour, had a good conversation. Ultimately he ended up just letting me get out of the military because I didn't owe a commitment. And he said that, well, what if in a year the mandate goes away? I don't want you to have to not be able to come back into the military. So what if I put you in the reserves? And I'm again, just trying to go along with, I don't want to give him too much pushback because I don't, I, I'm anxiously awaiting like how's he, he has my fate in his hands, right? Like what kind of discharge is he going to give me? And he says, well, what if I just put you in the reserves for a year? Because I can't lose a soldier like you. I need you in this formation. I need you around like blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that's a good idea. Um, I'll just go into the reserves for a year. And honestly, I said, honestly, after the year is up, though, I, I don't know that I'll come back anyways. Like, 
you, if, if the mandate goes away in a year, whatever comes back in two, then I'm right back at square one. And I don't ever want to be in this position again where I don't have control over my life. Like you guys own every bit of me, you know, like militarily, and then you're going to affect my entire life, my kid's life, the, the things that I can provide for them because you're going to change me to turn me into this criminal that I'm not just for not taking a vaccine. And that's, that's ridiculous to me. And then his tune changed a little bit and he's like, well, I mean, yeah, you're good. You mean you can get out of the army. I've got 25 people that want to take your spot tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're right. There are probably 25 dudes that would love to be a pilot. I remember being one of those people one day I was like, but what you don't have is the, you know, 12 years of experience, the combat deployments that I was an instructor pilot in a different helicopter, albeit, but, um, I had, I brought a lot to the table when I was in the military and, you know, he kind of just shuns it, you know, like, yeah, well, I've got 25 people who would love to take your spot. So we don't, we're not losing anything with you. I'm like, oh, feelings are mutual, sir. Like I'll take my stripes and go. Looking back, would you change it? No, not at all. You know, it's interesting all the information that's come out since on what this few of the three, three, three letter acronym agencies knew about the virus or the vaccine that they didn't share with the public about viral shedding, how, you know, you, you do, you are contagious to others for two weeks afterwards. You, there is an effect on your DNA long-term. There are things in the vaccine that, you know, are not necessarily healthy. Um, it's just interesting how those, and you know what, all, all the, all those agencies, you know, conspire to <coughs> push a movement and it's not necessarily for the greater health. And uh, this is where I feel like the military got, just kind of super politicized where this vaccine became a political movement. It was, you know, right versus left. If you get the vaccine, then you're obviously you're, you support this. If you don't get the vaccine, then you're, you know, you're, you're, you're labeled as whatever. Um, labels aside, I, I, I didn't get the vaccine because I personally felt like it was not the right thing for me to do. Gotcha. And then looking back at, at the friends who did get it, who were in the military, they, they all have regrets. So I can, ultimately say I, I don't have regrets on how things went because as soon as that happened, like the same week that I had my outbrief with the Colonel, I was offered my dream job to fly um, privately for a family, fly airplanes and helicopters for them. And it's the most amazing job I could ever, ever imagine. And I get to be home with my kids. I get to help with the homeschooling. And I also get to um, be an example to them and show them that, you know, it, it does stand a purpose to stand up for your values and, and have integrity for, for what you believe in. If you pick something right, wrong, or indifferent, stand up for it and, and defend that. Take that with you as far as you can. And, and I, I feel like I definitely showed um, my kids that, you know what, like sometimes it's it's not the easy thing to do, but ultimately I think it was the right thing to do. That's awesome. Well, Sam, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, Loved man. having you here. It's, good it's to been be fantastic. Here. Um, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more with you of maintaining your individual integrity and individual honesty mm-hmm. and, and setting that example for your kids. It's, it's vitally important. Uh, so got to wrap this up. We're running low on memory cards. <laughs> All right. So thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to clickety click like share and subscribe. Uh, we, we grow by you guys sharing these awesome experiences with your friends and loved ones. Um, don't forget to turn in next time for an excellent episode of the value script.